0: Tyler Stevenson entered the year as one of the most important players on the team and only saw his stock rise from there. Just how far and what his future looks like will be the topic for today's Locked On Reds.
1: You are Locked On
0: Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are locked on Reds. Thanks for making locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the locked on podcast network and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about Tyler Stevenson and the catcher position uh, as a whole. Uh, we're going to take a look at how the Reds should best use Tyler in 2023 and if they get it right, uh, what exactly that means for the position moving forward. And I think a good place to start, Jeff is just uh kind of a look in the rearview mirror about what we expected from Tyler Stevenson in 2022 what we actually got and and just a an overall refresher on how his season went uh where it went well and where it didn't Yeah, because I think coming into 2022,
0: Steve, we knew who Tyler Stevenson was. He's a solid line drive hitter. Who's a tough out. You could probably slot him in the fifth or sixth spot of your lineup or something like that, but throughout the year and as he was healthy, he wasn't healthy all year, but while he was healthy, he proved he could be the linchpin of a run scoring offense he could be the cleanup hitter that drives in the runs because as he added power to his game he just became really the most important hitter in this team and now i know he only played 50 games but i think in those 50 games we understood what the reds have in tyler stevenson and that lineup is so much better with him in it
1: you know we 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 have this fascination with catchers that can hit uh you know maybe it's the johnny bench effect maybe it's just because it doesn't happen very often Uh, but we have this affinity for catchers that can actually mash and when you talk about tyler stevenson and his 50 games uh, we're not talking about a catcher that can hit Uh, it tyler stevenson's presence in this lineup was a bona fide major league hitter Uh, regardless of what position you're really talking about. I mean, let's just talk about his slash line for just a second. In the 50 games that he played, uh, he put up a 319, 372, 482, slash line which was good for an OPS plus of 130 or 30% better than league average. So you take those numbers and you mention his power and it's not like he was mashing home runs once every 3 games. I think he hit 6 home runs on the year uh if, if I'm reading my baseball reference statistics correctly over here. But, you know, he had a lot of gap power. He he was putting yeah. a lot of balls for extra base hits, a lot of balls in the gaps. And you know, ultimately, he was responsible for making the Reds lineup a, almost two runs better with him than it was without him.
0: And I think that the big thing with him and one of everyone's favorite statistics to talk about, what's really not a statistic, but just a feeling about a player is that he's clutch. It felt like when the Reds needed a big hit and he was in the lineup, he's going to deliver it. Yes. I know your favorite word clutch, but Tyler Stevenson was clutch. He really was. When you look at his year last year, the bats that he gave the reds, he was able to drop in some very key hits. And you mentioned the gap power. A lot of that was doubles. It wasn't big home runs, but you know, for even the folks that love to harp on that, remember 2020, when all we heard was, well, yeah, all they do is hit home runs kind of like home runs, but still Tyler Stevenson can do it all when you're talking about hitting. And even when you talk about behind the plate, when you talk about defensively, we saw him grow early on in the year. He was still a little bit rough around the edges. There were still some pitches that were getting by him, but I think As he was able to go through the season and he came back healthy from another injury and things like that, you saw him be able to dive in front of those sliders, which is going to be key with Alexis Diaz. And when you've got guys on the mound like Hunter Green that's going to have that wipeout slider that's just going to cover so much of the plate, he's going to have to be ready to get in front of it. I think Tyler Stevenson has shown, sure, is he going to be a gold glove catcher? Probably not. But you're going to take the defense that you do get from Tyler Stevenson with the offense, so long as he's behind the plate, which is a question that we'll tackle here in a little bit.
1: You know, for, for all of the, the want for the gold glove at catcher, I I mean, yeah, we're spoiled there, Steve. I think that's what it is. We're spoiled there. I think so. Because, you know, you have to understand this was, you know, Tyler Stevenson's first full season of catching and, You know, he while he had a good mentor, you know, there a lot was a lot was said about how Tucker Barnhart took Tyler Stevenson under his wing and and worked with him and wanted him to be successful, which I I think is says a lot about who Tucker Barnhart is, actually. But, you know, there's there's nothing that can replace getting the repetitions there's nothing that can replace getting the playing time so that's what we saw this year for the for the first time he was catcher 1a he was the guy expected to carry the load and whether we're talking about in the lineup or behind the dish he was able to grow his game and and, and him being in the lineup had a positive effect on the pitchers when he was catching the game because he was really you know refining his defense it had a positive effect on the lineup not just in the amount of run scored but it helped the guys batting in front of him they got better pitches to hit because tyler was standing in the on-deck circle the pitchers knew tyler stevenson was coming and it helped the guys ahead of him in the lineup so i think you really can't underestimate just the impact of tyler's presence regardless of if it was behind the plate if it was in the the lineup but just knowing he was in the game changed the way opponents face the reds I think that one of the
0: reasons that we picked Kyle Farmer as the team MVP for last year was his longevity, was his availability, was his reliability of being on the field every single day. But you and I both agreed that whenever we were talking about team MVP, we were going to stretch the rules a little bit and say that, okay, the qualifier is you had to play in at least 50 games because we looked at Tyler Stevenson for a moment and said, sure, he didn't play in 112 games but was he still the most valuable player on this team? There was at least an argument to be made, Steve. And I know that 112 games is quite a few games to miss. And it's hard to say that somebody who doesn't play in that many games is the team's most valuable player. But I think that moving forward, when you look at Tyler Stevenson, when you look at what he does in the lineup, when
1: you look at what he does in the field, he is the most important player for this team. I would have given him the MVP if he had played in thirty more games. If he had played yeah. half the season, if he had been in about eighty games, it would have been a no-brainer for me with these numbers that he would have been the team's MVP. I just couldn't. I just didn't feel like in good conscience I could give it to a guy that only played fifty games. But uh, the numbers don't lie. Uh, if yeah. if he had been a little bit, you know, had a little bit more playing time, where I felt like I could have got away with it, I definitely would have picked him for the Reds MVP in twenty twenty two.
0: Does he hit 319 if he plays 30 more games?
1: Yeah, Maybe not. I think he does. No, I think he does. I mean, he he really he really was delivering, and, and he didn't show any signs of really slowing down. Now, 319, I, I'll say this. He would have been above 300 if he had played 30 okay. more games. He still would have been above 300, uh, which for a good hit and catcher, no, for a major league <laughs> baseball player in the year 2022, nobody's hitting 300. I mean, think right. of, think about that for a minute. Nobody is hitting 300 hardly anywhere anymore. And yet here is, you know, this big, this big Georgia catcher that is up here hitting 319. Uh, Yeah, I think he would have stayed above 300 for the season. Yeah, that bulldog behind
0: the plate in more ways than one, because he's also a tenacious player as well. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that his bat is just awesome. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would have agreed with plus 300. I think probably around 280, 295, something like that. Ooh. Like, I, I still think, yeah, that's, that's kind of where Ooh. I would have had him, but regardless that is miles better. That's 100% better, maybe 150% better than the reds got from the catcher position without you're him. a
1: chris Oaky apologist just just admit <laughs> it now and we can move on with this oh episode you taylor Moder loveman no kidding.
0: what are we doing no 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 but here's the thing Ex- expectations were high for tyler stevenson and when he was healthy he delivered steve but you know the key moving forward for him is health and that's the key for the reds that's the key for himself personally tyler's got to stay healthy how do the reds best maximize that and does that involve them moving him from catcher we'll explore the answer coming up next but first I I don't know if you're like me I mean obviously I'm wearing a t-shirt right now on today's show I wear t-shirts pretty much all the time if somebody tells me hey this like if my wife tells me hey we're going somewhere nice I put on a polo I hate dress shirts I hate the button down, the tight feeling around your neck, the just not good fitting nature overall. But you know who's fixed that? Roan. Because the dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Mobility is everything. Roan's comfortable four way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. Looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle free shirt without the hassle with Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. Odor free tech, With gold fusion anti-odor technology, Roan is able to deliver this to you and you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day. And Roan is 100% machine washable. So you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether for your dress shirts. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash locked on, and use promo code Locked On to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's time to find that corner office comfort with Roan. You can upgrade your closet with Roan and use Locked On to save 20% at www.roan.com. Slash locked on. Thanks again for making us your first listen here today. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Tomorrow we are going to take a look at a new player for this Reds roster that shows importance and uh, the kind of guy that can really drive the future for this Reds team. You're not going to want to miss it because we're going to reveal who tomorrow. You know, that's, that's a little bit of tease as they say here in the business, Steve, but Steve, as we're talking right now about Tyler Stevenson, it's very key that health is key. So should we move Tyler Stevenson from behind the plate? Because a strong hitting catcher is
1: sexy, but if he's not in the lineup at all, does that matter? So To answer that question, the first thing we have to decide, Jeff, is Tyler Stevenson made of glass? Does he have uh, Nick Senzel syndrome, I guess, for lack of a better way to to explain this? Is he just going to be hurt all the time? I think the answer to that question is no. I think that the injuries that he suffered in 2022 were part fluke, part, you know, Dangers of the position. So, does that mean you move a guy off of it because he got an unlucky foul tip into his clavicle that hit the pad <laughs> yeah. and still broke his clavicle? No, I don't think that's a reason to move him. Uh, I remain concerned about the concussion syndrome and him getting hit in the head. And I yes. understand they're going to come back with upgraded catching gear for him next season with the springs built into the mask and and try and do some things to eliminate some of that risk. But we've all seen catchers get hit in top of the head on a backswing from a baseball bat. Time and time again, you see the foul balls to the face. And yeah, sometimes the mask deflects it. Sometimes it hits them on the forehead. Sometimes it glances them on the side. It's a big risk. And he's had enough concussions now that it is a legitimate concern. So for me, I don't want to see so much a scenario where Tyler Stevenson is no longer a catcher. It's Tyler Stevenson, first baseman. I think he's, you know, going to get time behind the plate. I think the real question is how do you divide his playing time so that he's in the lineup more than the average catcher is these days because we have already talked about what the difference is offensively with the lineup when Tyler Stevenson is not in it.
0: I agree. And I think that this is kind of a situation along the same lines of how do you hide a guy defensively in order to keep his offense in the lineup? How do you keep his bat in the lineup every single day, or at least almost every single day? Because you and I both know there is no such thing as the everyday catcher anymore. That's not a thing for the Reds. It's not a thing for the Cardinals. That's not a thing for anyone anymore. Like, I think the last guy that we will see that was anywhere near that was Buster Posey. And we saw what happened. I mean, he retired. He had a nice career, but it felt like he probably could have gotten more out of that bat. And I, I agree with you. I think you've got to divide his time amongst three positions. And I, I think that probably the biggest consternation that anyone has with the idea of moving Tyler Stevenson is that they think that you know it's black and white. Well, if you're if you're not playing him in a catcher, that means you're never playing him in a catcher, and he's never going to see time a catcher. And I agree with you he's got to see some time at catcher because that's where he's most valuable, but you can move him to first base. He has shown he can play there and of course designated hitter. And that is why you have said this. And I totally agree with you that the Reds should treat the designated hitters almost like the extra spot in the lineup, the, you know, quote unquote off day spot because Tyler Stevenson can play some there and you have Joey Votto who can play some there and you have Jonathan and you have all these different guys. They can rotate, but that's why the three positions for Tyler Stevenson are catcher, first base, and DH.
1: And, and, you know, I even looked at the whole outfield experiment with him and decided that that experiment needs to be over. He didn't look comfortable at all. That one game they threw him out there. And yeah. and I, I think that that's just a bad idea. There's out of position and then there's like out of this world. Yeah, I, I think that that was just a bad idea. Uh, you look at if the, the Reds usage of Tyler Stevenson in 2022. Uh, he played in 50 games. One of those games, just he was uh, a pinch hitter. Uh, The other games, 45 games at catcher, one game at first base, three games at designated hitter. I think the right mix moving forward is to put him about 33% of the time at each of the spots, 33% behind the plate, 33% down at first base, 33% at DH. And you're absolutely right. The DH starts at DH should be what used to be a scheduled off day. And you use the actual scheduled off days for the days where, the, where he doesn't do anything. And then the rest of the time, you let him rest his legs down at first base, but you still have him in there defensively. And then when you really want him to get some rest, only DH, where he's just going out there and hitting. Uh, I think that keeps him sharp. I think that allows his legs to rest. I think that will have a better offensive product because he won't be as tired. Uh, you're absolutely right in that the days of a single starting catcher are over. It's catcher one, a one B, uh, much like the pitching staffs and the usage of them have evolved over the last 20 years in baseball. The catcher position has evolved as well. You really need two guys because it's, it's just too much wear and tear on, on a player throughout a season.
0: And it's kind of interesting to think too, cause I, I think ideally he plays about 150 games. Like he's going to have to have actual off days to being a catcher. I totally understand that but with these other positions that he can play, then you look at less off days. So let's say 150 games, he plays total. You give him 50 games at each position and that looks beautiful. I mean, 150 games of three nineteen batting average, I'm smiling. Just thinking about that, Steve, like that's exciting to think about in this lineup that didn't
1: see anything anywhere near that for an extended period of time. So here's the key thing with this, Jeff, the, the reds front office and David Bell and his coaching staff are going to have to commit to this early. I'm talking like when they show up at Goodyear early. Yeah. This has to be a plan. They can't kind of try and figure this out as they go. This needs to be programmed, and David line, David Bell can build his lineup around this plan i think more so than any other player on the roster in the 2023 season the plan needs to be built around tyler stevenson because he is kind of the engine that drives this lineup the the tony perez of the 2023 uh lineup if you will jeff that's Uh, shout out to my take yesterday (laughs) Um (laughs) yes if you missed yesterday you missed a good take yes But I really think that needs to be the plan because then everything else kind of dominoes from there. If you build things around a pre-programmed schedule for Tyler Stevenson, then you can figure out what you're going to do with Joey Votto. Then you can figure out what you're going to do with Jonathan India. Then you can figure out what happens between Kyle Farmer and the youngsters coming up and what you're going to do at third base. Everything kind of hinges on what you do with Tyler Stevenson. And
0: that. More than anything is why I say he's the most important player on this roster, Steve, because you keep him in the lineup, they're good, but also you get his position figured out. You really, he's he's the puzzle piece that kind of moves everything else because the Reds must protect Tyler Stevenson. And if that means moving him from behind the plate for a little
1: bit throughout the season, then so be it. Well, how the Reds will be able to move him from behind the plate is a big question. Uh, They're going to have to go get a catcher or two or three. So who's out there besides Tucker Barnhart? There are a few more guys. We're going to answer that question coming up right after this. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us there right now, thank you so much. If it's your first time, make sure you click, the subscribe button and the notification bell down below because the notification bell will let you know when we've posted a new episode when we're about to have a premiere and when we go live we're trying to do the lives at least once a week we have one coming up this friday at 2 p.m eastern time uh if we hope you can join us for a live here on youtube it's a lot of fun uh, if you haven't watched one of those yet you know it's kind of a, a shortened version of the show for a couple segments we take your questions throughout those segments but then in In the third segment we turn uh, the controls over to you and put you in the driver's seat and talk about pretty much whatever you want to talk about within reason so uh join us this coming friday 2 p.m eastern for our next live click those subscription uh Buttons to make sure you don't miss anything. In between shows, you can follow us on Twitter. We love talking baseball and sports and all kinds of things over on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two F's. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's because spelling's still hard for him. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right. So, Jeff, if the Reds are going to listen to us, if Nick Crawl is out there listening to this show right now and we know from past experience that he is uh they're gonna have to go get somebody and we've spent some time talking about how it would not hurt our feelings if that was a tucker barnhart reunion if the price was right uh now you've done some investigating on what that price might be and i don't know that i necessarily agree with these numbers but if those numbers are this high uh we got problems
0: yeah, according to SpotTrack.com, they kind of give like a market value for certain free agents. They have a market value, as it were. And again, this is more of a barometer than it is like, yes, this is what a team is going to pay. But they have a barometer around $5.2 million for Tucker Barnhart. So, yes, it's lower than what the Reds would have paid last season,
1: but it's not that much lower. It's not as if we're taking a huge pay cut here. No, I think if you can't get Tucker Barnhart for three mil, then... You have to look elsewhere i think that's probably the cap of what you could spend on this one b catcher that is not going to give you a ton of offense but gives you a lot of defensive flexibility so right uh, but you do need
0: him you absolutely need him for for the
1: team for the depth
0: of the roster but also just for tyler stevenson specifically i mean he's the most important player on this roster steve we've come to that conclusion throughout are you know exploring of what this season has meant for him and meant for the reds. And so the reds have to do this. They have to go out and get somebody because they don't have someone ready in triple a right now.
1: No. In fact, everybody's gone. I, I mean, it may have been very easy to overlook this, uh, being exhausted by the 2022 baseball season. But uh, the Reds got rid of pretty much every catcher except Chucky e. Robinson. He's the yep. only the only carryover from the, the bunch of, of men with no names that ran out there in catcher's gear in the 2022 season. So uh, I think that Robinson has established himself as a very, very useful emergency guy down in Louisville. But they're absolutely going to have to go out and get that second guy to pair with Stevenson. And you've put together a list of some players that might fit that bill. And let's start, Jeff, with our old friend Kurt Casale. So Thanks. last year, uh, you know, between San Francisco and Seattle, he had a slash line of 203, 318, 331. Now, It's not world beater, but I feel like this catcher the Reds go get has to be able to hit, batting average-wise, 200 or better, has to be able to have the occasional show of power, but has to be able to manage the pitching staff. That's really the key, and Kurt Casale has demonstrated he's that guy.
0: Yes. And I think the important thing too, is to remember we're not advocating for this guy to play and Stevenson be not in the lineup at all. Stevenson lineup, Stevenson's bat is still going to be in the lineup. So if you're talking about Kirk Casali who got on base at over a 300 cl- clip last season, I would be okay with that. And, and the 203, that's not, you know, we're not inspiring anybody with that number. But the name of the game is twofold. We need somebody who is going to be able to allow Tyler Stevenson to play first base and DH, but also not cost that much because we were talking about Tucker Barnhart at 5.2 million being a little bit too rich for our blood. There's a couple of guys out there that are too rich. Like the Reds aren't going for a Mike Zunino, or they're not going for, you know, the top catchers on this list. So we're looking in the middle of the pack here. And I got to tell you, Steve, that, I mean, these names that I've listed, to be honest with you, outside of these names, they're either too expensive or they're they're not interesting at all to me, which is a little bit damning because there's really only two other guys I got
1: here. Well, and I I think realism and being realistic is really what we're talking about here because it's, it's so easy to say, you know, we're going to go out and get, we're going to go get JT Romuto. We're trading for him. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yes, let's do that. But no. They're not going to do that. You know, you're good at MLB you
0: know, the show, Steve. Don't big, let anybody tell you.
1: Right. That. Big, big Bob and little Phil aren't going to go out and spend this kind of money. So, you know, I think this is a realistic grouping that you've put together. The next guy here is Austin Hedges. a Great defensive guy. This is another guy that we know can at least catch the darn ball, which you would think would not be the measure we would be using. But after what we just watched in 2022, oh. that's the measure. We need someone that can catch the ball. So Austin Hedges fills the bill. Uh, not an offensive powerhouse, though, Jeff. He 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 falls
0: within the same category as what we saw last year. Because I think you read off the slash line the other day that the uh, totality of uh, catchers that the Reds ran out there, whose name was not Tyler Stevenson, batted like a total of 170. Well. A little bit better austin hedges last year hit uh well for his career i'm sorry not last year but for his career he's hit 189 a little bit better there uh 247 on base Ooh, that's not bad okay that's pretty bad and in a 331 slugging percentage just yeah the bat is not going to inspire you but the defense will austin hedges is the kind of guy who you can put behind the plate and you're not going to worry about pass balls. Now, wild pitches are another thing, but pass balls not happening, good games are being called
1: things like that. And the final guy on this list. Now, this one's actually interesting to me, Jeff, if, if they couldn't go get Tucker Barnhart and if they can't go get Kurt Kasali, this is probably the guy that I think they should target. You know, if I told you they could go out and get a, a player to to help augment the catcher position behind Tyler Stevenson, and that that player for his career hit 258, 343, 386. Would you be on board with that? Sign me up. All right. Of course, I, I always butcher his last name too, but Omar Neveas, N- 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 Narvaez, Narvaez. Yeah. See, I can't, I can't even read, but listen this is the kind of offensive numbers you want when you're moving Tyler Stevenson to do the other things. Problem is that whole, they need to be able to catch stipulation that we're putting on there. He's really not known for his glove. And I, I, I tell you this though, I come back to the whole repetition thing. This is a major league baseball player that has spent time behind the plate. I think maybe with the reps, he would get a little bit better, maybe with the right coaching to help, round out the edges he would be serviceable behind the plate right. uh, but I definitely like those offensive numbers for a guy that would get significant at bats in this red lineup
0: well if we want to play like the break-even game here like I feel like one of the biggest issues last season with guys like you know Chris Oki Michael Papirski, you know insert name here of guys that aren't ever playing for the Reds ever again is that whenever they made a defensive miscue they didn't have the bat to make up for it Omar Narvaez struggled a little bit last year and that's why he's going to be a free agent and be available. The Brewers probably aren't bringing him back. He only hit 206 last season, but like you said, for the career, 258, you can bet on his bat to kind of rebound a little bit next season. And I think that I would take a little bit of defensive struggles. If I knew that the guy was not going to be an automatic out every time, which is what amounted to anyone not named Tyler Stevenson who played catcher for the Reds last
1: season. Yeah, I think it it's it speaks to the fact that the Reds really do need somebody, but that there isn't very much out there right now that's going to allow them to move Tyler Stevenson off the plate. Uh, yeah. if they can't get if they can't get somebody like this, you know we're gonna have to hope that Tyler's injuries were a fluke and that he can still give us 130, 135 games without running our uh, divided playing time uh, proposal. And I,
0: right. And and, I, and the key is here is is Stevenson's health. That's that's the point because he's the most important player on this team. Steve, we've been talking about it all throughout this show. I think it's very evident right now. And, and I'd be interested if you think differently, if you think there is a, someone who is more important to this team, let us know in the comment section here on YouTube or tweet at us. Like we mentioned a little bit ago, our Twitter handles are right here. Or if you're listening on audio, you can hit us up at Jeff Carr with three F's and at S Offenbaker with two F's because I, I, I think Stevenson's the guy, because if you can figure out this roster in a world where he doesn't have to play catcher 80% of the time, then I think this roster is going to be a lot stronger. For it, And that is where we're going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching, for listening. Coming up tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to continue our look at the roster for next year. We're going to break down another important player and take a look at his future as we get into this offseason. The World Series rages on huge start to the game for the Phillies last night. As we record, the game's still not over, but really good start for them there in Philadelphia. That's going to do it for us, though. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make the Locked On Sports Today podcast your second listen. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day are all on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Plus, you can trust that today there's going to be a lot of talk about all the stuff that happened for the NFL trade deadline because that was a busy, busy day. Locked On Sports Today is just like Locked On Reds. It's free and available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Steve, free agency begins on November the 6th. Tyler Stevenson is our most important player. Are we going to see a catcher? And with all of this stuff
1: swirling around, what can people expect from you and me? Well, they can expect us to have our eye on the Reds front office. We're going to be combing the waiver wires, the transactions lists, seeing what everybody else does, because we're going to keep everybody listening locked on Reds every single day.